Hello and welcome to the Women's Rooted Podcast, a ministry of First Baptist Church in Canyon, Texas, in which we strive to encourage the women of our body to be rooted and built up in Christ through God's Word. I'm Heather Hughes, and I'm here with my friend Molly Yeager. We hope you've listened to the trailer to learn about what you'll be hearing in the coming weeks. To kick things off in today's episode, Molly and I will be introducing you the book Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. So if you um, would like to pick up a copy of that, you can check it out at www.christianbook.com or on Amazon. And I would also point you to a free study guide online that will guide a lot of our discussion in this book. But before we do that, let's take a minute to introduce ourselves. Molly, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Molly Yeager, and I am wife to Nate and mom of five boys. They're all nine years old and under. We've lived in Canyon about a year. We moved from Alabama, and um, really, this is my first introduction to Texas. I've spent my entire life in the southeast. Um, long time ago, I taught high school Spanish, but now I stay at home with our boys and um, just spend time wrangling them. And we enjoy walking all over town and um, just, I don't know, <laughs> cooking yeah. the next meal. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like that takes it, up. One day right after another. Yes. I understand that. Um, but we've been members here at FBC Canyon almost a year. And here at church, I enjoy playing violin on the music team. How about you, Heather? Great. Uh, Well, my name is Heather Hughes, and I'm married to my husband, Mark. We've been married for 15 years, and we both actually grew up in this church. So I should probably introduce him as Don Mark, because that's what a big chunk of the church uh, knows him as. You may not realize that. (laughs) We have four kids, um, a daughter and three sons, ranging in ages um, 12 down to 1. So we're in the thick of parenting also. Um, I enjoy reading and cooking. Um, Just having people come in my home and serving them in that way. And so that kind of ties into um, what I enjoy doing in terms of serving in the church is just taking a meal to someone or, you know, having our community group in our home for a meal. Um, Mark and I also teach in the junior and senior Sunday school class with Andy Hicks, which is funny because Andy was actually our senior Sunday school teacher. <laughs> so it's kind of come full circle. Yes. Um, but we love our church, and um, yeah, that's, that's who we are. Great. <laughs> so today we will be discussing the introduction of the book and the chapters uh, we'll follow, I think, probably every other week. Yes. Other women will discuss um, a chapter and questions that go along with the chapter. So today is just the introduction. And really here, Jen talks about her experience with biblical ignorance. And she refers to it in an analogy of a mountain, and that mountain represents her biblical ignorance. And she refers to this Chinese proverb that says, how do you move a mountain one spoonful of dirt at a time? So she she goes into discussion of her church pedigree. And for her, I would, I would consider her like a church hopper growing up. She said that she 
went to several different types of churches and experienced all kinds of teaching and learned creeds and liturgies as well as dancing and tambourines Mm -hmm. and um, she learned to have a quiet time memorized lots of scriptures um, became familiar with how to share the gospel with her lost friends so that was her church experience growing up and then in college she was eventually asked to lead a bible study and it became apparent to her at that point that she had a secret um that she didn't really know her Bible. Mm. So feeling convicted about that, she started to um, explore that some, and then she describes how marriage and motherhood really increased her sense of urgency to learn more about the cohesiveness of the Bible, that it's one story that Mm -hmm. points to Christ and not, all these things taken out of context that she was familiar with, but not in their full, full context. So the answer in moving this mountain, she says was one spoonful at a time. And she attended a women's Bible study initially just to have some time with ladies with childcare. (laughs) And we all understand that, I think, but that just grew a hunger in her to study more and learn more about the scripture. So she she basically just tells us in the introduction that the book will be about a method of studying scripture. So not a doctrine, um, mm-hmm. a concept or a storyline, but really a study method to help you open up the Bible on your own. And... Um, So I'm excited to do that, and hopefully this will encourage the ladies listening to to pick up the book and and listen and learn about the study method. Um, So I wanted to ask you, what what did you think when she talked about her church pedigree? Did you relate to any of that? What is your church experience, and how did it shape the way you view Bible study, Molly? Yeah, so my experience was somewhat opposite in that I only grew up in a couple churches, and I've been in Baptist and Presbyterian churches my entire life. Um, but I can relate to what sh- what some of, of what she said growing up in church. God's Word was central. I mean, we never came to church on Sunday without our Bibles, and we— read the Bible in church, we memorized it, we became familiar with it in programs like Bible Drill. And by the time I was in youth group, I remember there was a strong emphasis on having a quiet time. And really, that was more reading your Bible, praying, maybe journaling, not digging in and really studying the Bible. Right. Um, but I did understand um, by the time I was a youth, the importance of reading it. And one thing I remember, I was probably 13, and I decided I was going to read through the Bible. This was my first attempt. <laughs> yes. I started in Genesis, and I made it through Leviticus, um, which maybe that's not so bad Good as job. a 12-year-old. <laughs> but, I mean, I was just completely lost by Leviticus. I mean, it's tough for anyone to understand. Um, and I, you know, I didn't know how it related to the rest of the Bible. And I certainly wasn't taught with a great deal of depth growing up about how the Bible 
tells us of one story and how it relates to one another. Um, but nevertheless, um, I was reading it, and I'm really thankful for the heritage of my parents bringing me up in a godly home and in the church. Um, when I went to college, I started going to a church where the pastor preached expository sermons. They were very detailed, and I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> and I left. I, I stuck with it for a few months, and then I did church hop with my friends mm-hmm. in college for a couple of years. But when I was a junior in college, I was studying in Spain, and I met a friend through our study abroad program, and she loved the Lord, and she loved the Word. She was always memorizing it, praying through God's Word, and just living it out. And just from her friendship and just spending time with her, when I came back to the States, I knew I needed to be back in a church where God's Word was central and where they were preaching it in depth and where Christ was the center of everything. So by the end of college and in my adult life, I definitely just loved learning from sermons. And I would say that I was continuing to read the Bible in spurts, not digging real deep myself, but enjoying the fruit of other people's Bible study. Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing I just want to mention is that um, in my adult life, I've done a lot of video series as Bible studies with women in the church where we learn from a famous Bible teacher. But in our last church, my good friend Lori she led a group of us women every Friday so faithfully, and she would pick a book of the Bible and just go verse by verse. And I will say that made a big impact on how I view Bible study because I learned it doesn't have to come through an entertaining video series. Right. And um, it doesn't have to be entertaining, but there's just beauty in studying the Word with other women who know one another and who love one another. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that is my experience with Bible study in the church? Well, I would have a similar experience um, mm-hmm. growing up, not, like you said, not not church hopping or anything, um, but being raised in a church where the Bible was central. And so that definitely played into um, my views on the Bible. However, like you were saying about quiet time, I... For some reason, that, and maybe it's from youth, um, but quiet time was really emphasized, which I think is not a bad thing, but mm-hmm. some of my ideas of what that was um, look different than what it looks like now for me. It would involve a devotional, most likely, yes. um, and not to say anything you know, negative about devotionals or Bible study tools, but... She talks about in the book how marriage and motherhood really increased her sense of urgency to learn Mm -hmm. and showed her how ill-equipped she felt to or was to fill those roles in God-honoring ways. And that was really a turning point for me. I got married young. I was only 19. And there's a huge learning curve there anyway. Right. And so I just recall... um, as soon as life felt difficult, I started to realize I need to I need to know this better. There's something more to this. I don't think I really grasp, you know, going through the scripture verse by verse and 
in-depth study at all at that point. But there just was this realization that the way I had been doing it was not maybe what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And um, then in more recent years, I've gained a greater understanding, like you said, through expository sermons and teaching, um, through the preaching at our church with Pastor Steve. And so that's really shaped how I approach Bible study now. And then you and I've talked about when you're raising children and they're asking questions of the Bible and of just life in general, um, it's just really important to have a greater awareness of the scripture. Um, And that leads into a discussion of false teaching. She, she mentions that spending all that time in different churches led her to ask questions like, which pastor is right, you know, on certain subjects. So maybe on end times uh, related questions or, did, did God have to answer our prayers if we prayed a certain way? Did I need to be baptized again? How old is the earth? You know, all these questions. And she was confused because she had sat under some false teachers. And I don't think you or I have necessarily experienced being under the shepherding of a false teacher. Right. But this did make me think about social media and just all the media we consume, whether that be from secular points of view or even evangelical points of view, just in the time we live in, everyone can state their opinions on things. And so I've just found that if I'm not consistently in the Bible, I can get confused really quickly Yes. Do you relate to that? Absolutely. In fact, I've noticed this even in some of the messages that TV and school feeds our children. Uh, For example, there's a kind of a mantra they say every week, like, I'm enough. And, (laughs) you know, I, um, I I can't even think of some of the things they say, but your truth, like yes, and you can <laughs> listen be to any, your truth. Listen to your truth. You can be anything you want to be, and so it's so important that we ground our own identity and teach our children what their identity is in the light of who God is. And if we're not in the Word, then it's all too easy to just accept these sayings, which are meant well, right? Um, but they're not neutral sayings. They they reveal some subtle lies that, um, you know, need to be framed in the light of who God is first and foremost. Yes. And I just even think that we can so quickly give in to those subtleties if we're not consistently in the word. So that brings me to, um, ask you how equipped you feel to study the Bible on your own and maybe what tools you use when you study? Yeah, so I don't have a study Bible. I actually use the same Bible I got on my ninth birthday. (laughs) It's just an NIV Bible, but it does have cross references. So um, I would say I do feel, I do feel equipped to study on my own in the sense that you know, I'm able to look at the cross-references, look up other verses, and I would say I do that on a daily basis when I'm not sure what a verse is saying. One tool that I 
started using in my late 20s is a commentary by Matthew Henry. He was a um, preacher of, I don't, yes. do you, 18, 1700s, oh, 1800s? Puritan, yes. yes. I can't remember. Um, but it's a concise commentary. And so there's really just a chapter for every chapter in the Bible. And so um, he was actually my first introduction to understanding that the Old Testament is about Jesus. And so I mentioned trying to read Leviticus when I was 12. (laughs) But actually, when I was in my late 20s, I went back to reading the Bible starting from Genesis. And I had just come across his commentary at the public library. And I checked it out. And when I saw that the sacrifices, Mm -hmm. everything pointed to Christ, I was blown away. And I'm sure I had heard this in some sermons, but it hadn't sunk in. But studying it for myself was a huge turning point. And so I keep that commentary by my bed. And whenever I'm not sure, you know, especially in the Old Testament, the meaning of a prophecy Mm -hmm. or whatnot, I enjoy seeing what he has to say. But I would say... That overall, I can be quick to jump to other sources. I probably lack patience. I'll look at the cross-reference. I'll look at the commentary. But then mm-hmm. I'm kind of quick to Google yes. an answer. And I'm not just Googling. Like, I will usually Google through a resource I trust, right. like the Gospel Coalition or Desiring God. Um, but I would say that I'm probably a little too quick to let someone else's study of the Bible satisfy my questions. Yeah. So I don't, what about you? How equipped do you feel? I can appreciate that. I think uh, I would have a similar answer. Um, I actually this year moved away from a study Bible that I have because I was just finding myself reading the commentary almost more than I was reading (laughs) the scripture. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's a trustworthy source, you know, that's not really the way to approach it. So I just started this year reading through um, a Bible with cross-references, but it's not not got commentary in it. And that's been neat because I I wasn't admittedly using the cross-references at all when I was – using the study Bible because it would <laughs> cross-reference sure, some in the commentary. Sure, the work for you. Yeah. So, um, so that's been neat for me this year. And we actually have the Logos software that has some commentary on it. So, And that's on my phone, so occasionally I'll use that. Okay. Um, and... So I like to use commentary. Time, I have found, is an obstacle to, you know, getting into that. And she talks about that some here. And I think in my current life stage, time is just an obstacle. And for me personally, in the morning before my kids get up is the best time to to read and study. and in the past, I think that the obstacle was that I really didn't know how to study well. So it's like the more I get a grasp on how to study, the less time I feel I have, you know. Yes. And so I think life is always going to be evolving, and we have to prioritize that in the best way that we can. Do you have any thoughts on that as a mother of five? Yes, <laughs> I know. Well, I completely agree with what you're talking about of lack of time. 
Jen does talk in, in the book later about the value of making daily deposits in God's Word. Mm-hmm. And so whatever amount of time you have using good study methods and approaching Scripture rightly for five minutes or for you know, 30 minutes or however much time we have. Like, there's just great value in daily faithfulness, even in small doses. And so I think that that this book will really encourage all of you listening as well as it's encouraged us, whatever life season you're in, that daily faithfulness in small doses really does add up to a lifetime of faithfulness. Definitely. And so we hope that you will pick up a copy of this book and join us as we explore this method of studying the scripture. Be looking for the next episode where we will discuss chapter one. Thanks, Molly. Bye, everyone. Bye.